0: Welcome to the path to podcast success. My name is Evan Johnson, and I want to share with you how to develop and maintain a successful podcast. My guests and I will discuss all things podcasting and how your podcast can become an essential part of your business. That means more revenue, better relationships with your audience, and so much more. If you haven't already, check out our website at iPodcastEdit.com and enter your email address to get each episode delivered directly to your inbox, along with some other free information I'm sure you'll find useful. Get ready to turn on your mic and join me on the path to podcast success. Hey everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the path to podcast success. I have an incredible guest today, and that is actually Jason Kanigan. And it's really interesting, he is involved in the field of space and space studies, so it was really interesting to be able to talk with him about that and how he has used his podcast around. This is actually only part one of a two-part episode. Uh, Part two hasn't been recorded quite yet as of this uh, launch of this podcast episode, so it won't be... Uh, the following episode released but keep keep an eye out for part two of this episode we dive into some really interesting topics and I think you guys are going to really get a lot out of this so um, I hope you guys enjoy and please if you do leave a review leave us a rating and and let me know I'd love to hear your feedback and I'd love to hear what things you'd like me to talk about in future episodes or or if uh, you have anyone in mind that you'd like me to interview please don't hesitate to send them my way I hope you guys enjoy this episode Hi, Jason. Thank you so much for being willing to take the time to come on to my show today. I really do appreciate it. You bet. So I like to start off uh, in the same place with everyone. And that is by asking, what was your biggest fear of podcasting when you first started out? And did that fear end up coming true?
1: So, yeah. So I've been a copywriter for over 20 years. I've been interviewed by Dan Kennedy's company, the president of Glazer Kennedy. Um, made a lot of money for people <laughs> by writing. And uh, the biggest thing you want to do is have a target market and be relevant. Right. Be relevant. So my biggest fear was I was going to produce a show that had all this great content, but wasn't relevant to a target audience. And that is actually what I found out to be true for quite some time.
0: Really? Okay, yeah. So that so that did come true and mm-hmm. then... What changed? Because you're still, you're still working at it, so something yep. has change.
1: Well, I'm a very persistent person, first of all. Uh, I kind of laugh when I see people. There's a, a kind of a bot on Twitter um, that retweets people saying that they're going to start a podcast, and I laugh every time I see that. Thinking about starting a podcast, good for you, dude. Come and talk to me when you've got 10 or 12 episodes, and then we'll speak, right? right. You know, a lot of people produce one, two episodes, and then ditch the thing because it's too much work. So... Uh, So there was a lot of that. I was hunting for a target market and the right audience. And it it did take a while. Um, There's a couple factors that I think we'll we'll get into as we go. The first is producing a body of work. You must produce a body of work if you want to be taken seriously as a professional. And I've done this before. I have a sales and marketing blog that in January will have been around for five years. Five years. How many people do you know have had a blog for five years, right? It's the same thing as the podcast. Oh, I'm going to start a blog, you know. And it doesn't suck up a lot of my time. In the beginning, I produced a lot of um, uh, articles for it, but now I I do one a month. And um, meh, you know. And it's right. maintenance work, right? It's no big deal. And I write about something I want to write about, and I just do it, and there it is. But there's a body of work. There's going to, you know, shortly be five years of posts there. all grabbing content you know interest eyeballs and and getting people to to learn about me and so the same thing here with the with the podcast is you need to produce a body of work and so a lot of people produce something that's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and they hop around and there's maybe kind of a center to their topics right like an idea but they get people on who are from this field and that field and this other field and it's really disjointed right and that that is not really a body of work. So I started out trying to get the attention of software as a service providers, uh, it, like creators of these things, programmers on on Facebook, and it was awful. It was awful. I found out that uh, they were disorganized and not interested in systemizing and having an actual plan. And this is, in, you know, I've been around that industry a long time. I was helping people out there in the real software-as-a-service world with value-added resellers in 2010 and 2011 and that. So long before this generation who just got out of high school a few years ago and are out there. Uh, even heard about it, and so Microsoft and Sage and other big developers were were running these things, and then um, accounting firms and that were like the local resellers so so I had seen things in other industries, so I knew I knew a body of work was important, and being relevant was important and Gosh, darn it, if I got a lot of people from the software as a service field on my show, but could hardly get any business from it it just it just didn 't work. Um, and so I got frustrated with that, but the thing is everybody, and you'll see this in a Dan Kennedy presentation as well. He'll have uh, he's, if you don't know who that is, he's a marketer, copywriter has been around forever, produced a lot of great books and that, and that's for your audience, not you necessarily, (laughs) but, um. He has a sign in the back of, of his uh, room in the presentation behind him facing the audience that, that shows up on videos and pictures of these things. And uh, it always makes me laugh, but I've written about it on my blog. And the sign says, but Dan, my business is different. <laughs> and, and it's a joke, right? Because everybody believes their business is different, but actually it's all the same. It's all the same. You know, the words may be a little different The the language of that target market, that niche may be different, but the principles are the same. And so everything that I produced along the way about scaling businesses, ostensibly focused on software as a service firm is still directly relevant to any other business trying to, um, to, to, to grow. And so what I did was not wasted, let's put it that way, right? It just needed, it was like a crystal needing to be, the lattice needed to be reoriented, you know, towards a new audience. And so um, a few months ago, I decided to turn to space as a, as a field that I've always wanted to be in and kind of tiptoed around the edges up for a while, started doing some episodes, interviews with, with folks in the space industry, but really decided to go full bore into it, added a whole new section to my company, uh, we just got listed on something called new space Hub, um, so we 're being taken seriously in there um, there 's other things that i 've done to to kind of bite into that market, but um, since making that change there 's been um, quite a quite an upswing in relevancy for that target market so uh-huh. It's it's you know it's not enough to have something to say is what I want to get across here. It's not enough to have expertise. You uh, you have to be saying it or sharing it uh, with people who believe also who agree that it is important. Um, you can have business owners from an industry on your show, which I did. I didn't want it just to be me jumping up and down, going, "Hey, there's going to be unexpected challenges of growing your business." Right? Uh, I wanted other business owners who had been on, who had scaled their businesses, and would say, "Yeah, all you folks who think that the next bag of money is going to solve your problems, no, you need systems, process improvement, and different different style of thinking than what you've been used to this scrambling for money thing." Uh, that most newbie business owners are in but right. they don't want to hear it <laughs> they just don't want to hear it so i had to get it in front of uh, a group that did want to hear it
0: All Right. okay so essentially so you started out you had your podcast mm-hmm. you had you know you you knew that you knew what you had to do to make it successful you knew you had to create a body of content you mm-hmm. knew how to do these things mm-hmm. you know, for the most part um yeah. but you realized <laughs> that the people you were trying to do it for weren't the right people right it wasn't catching it wasn't working the way you thought it would so all you did was make a shift to and so did so for those listeners out there essentially sit down and think about okay well who would benefit from what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. Would that be kind of the thought process? Uh, More than
1: yeah, more than just who would benefit from it, because those folks would benefit from it, but their ears and eyes are closed to it. They don't care. They're just interested. And I I just saw a post in one of the big SaaS groups recently. I still peek in there once in a while uh, of a guy who said, "Look, we got you know three hundred and sixty thousand dollars, I think, in revenue in a month here." Uh, and I watched it all bleed away because suddenly now I had all these fulfillment problems and I couldn't do it, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about here. And that got some attention because it was clearly one of us who was who was posting, but uh, it still didn't sink in, you know? So you've got to get it to an audience who uh, who cares, who who really wants to know about this kind of thing.
0: Okay. And so a question related to that would be, uh, if there are people out there who have a podcast and, um, you know, it's, they started it and it's been taking time to develop and they're, you know, they're not sure if it's going to work or if the audience mm-hmm. is interacting with it. Do you, how would they decide whether to be patient and stay that course and wait it out and, and see how it grows or should they decide to, um to make a change like make make a big change in the podcast how should that decision process go and how do you decide that
1: Mm. it's toughy because i put it off for a long time right so um, i may not be the best person to (laughs) to, (laughs) to to talk about that but i i guess what kind of feedback are you getting are you getting likes and shares and comments and things like that first of all and the quality of that um of that dialogue are you getting any kind of dialogue with your target market like i knew that a podcast about the unexpected challenges of scaling businesses was not going to be a mass market success right as, as much as i would like it to be that podcast that uh, reviews mcdonald's chicken strip dips or something like that is always going to be more popular right i don't care what i am interested in is producing a uh a small but highly interested um, customer base, right? Potential customer base who who recognize, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. This guy is connected to the right kind of people. This guy can help me. Okay, and then come and approach me. Which has has happened even with the software as a service people, but that's a tiny fraction. Whereas space has been much better. So, <laughs>
0: so right. So kind of yeah, like. So, so I like, guess. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say it's instead of trying to aim for thousands and thousands and thousands Mm -hmm. of of listeners, aim for a smaller number of listeners who is more specialized and who you can really, really engage with.
1: Right. Yeah. That's, that's more important to me. So I have maybe 10 or 12 episodes. I think you should know I'm, I'm coming up to a hundred. Now I think we're at 96 this week and I've got a nice. bunch recorded and in the can. So you, you know, again, I don't know many people who have persisted around that long and that's about a year and a half. Um, there was a hurricane last year in the fall that kicked me off for about six weeks. Just really power was out at, at, uh, at my home office for nine days. In, wow. It was September, October. It was really gross. It was hot, you know. Uh, and, uh, and that just took the wind out of my sails for, for a bit for some of this stuff. But uh, I right. got back into it. So, yeah. And, and what you can do is, is what I did with space was um, I treated everything, uh, 80 some odd episodes up to that point as season one. And then everything that I did going forward that was purely going to be just, is it about space and small sats, cube sats, small satellites, right? That's it. That's season two now. And that's all that I'm going to talk about. I've got a couple of sort of leftover guests from that earlier period who we had talked and then they'd come back sometime later and said, okay, hey, can I still be on? And I'm like, "Eh, you're not relevant to space, but I will do the interview and I will release it as part of season one. Right. So you can, you can chunk it up like that and say, okay. And and I found playlists on YouTube are very good for that. Making, making separate smaller playlists. Um, So you've got the big long one with the, say the 90 odd episodes, but here are the dozen that are for space and small sets that are out right now. Here are uh, ones about infrastructure. Here are ones about sales and marketing. Right. So the, the ability to slice and dice it up and give, sub topics that are that are relevant to people lets them binge watch uh and also have a better feeling i think of um, hey this
0: is right for me exactly so essentially so if someone is out there has their podcast and it's slow to grow look mm-hmm. at the engagement as far as should mm-hmm. you make a change or should you just stay the course and trust it'll grow so look mm-hmm. and see what they get if you have some positive engagement that you know as time goes on. You'll get more. It'll mm-hmm. it'll gain more traction. But if you don't really have any engagement or any positive engagement, then make a change. Is that kind of what what you're saying? Yeah.
1: And, and Evan, I have met a number of people who have succeeded with podcasting, um, and I know mine is directly um, resulted in clients. Right. So I know, and I, I, I'm not looking for a huge number. I don't need a huge number because I don't do $200 things, but right. You know, um, that's, that's, that's the important measure for me. So yeah. What kind of, what kind of results are you getting from it?
0: Okay. And uh, another question that's related to that would be, how did you keep the morale up instead of just saying, Oh, this isn't working. I'm going to mm. drop it. This podcast thing isn't working for me. How did you say, no, I'm going to stick with it?
1: Okay. So I'm, I'm weird in this respect. And my friends who know me well, will tell you, uh, it takes me a while to commit to something like to change my mind. I'll be resistant to change, right? I'll right. get on my face. Don't do it. But once I've made the change, I've made it and I nice. don't need any it's not about um, momentum or or emotion or anything like that. Like I, I was 270 pounds in two Februarys ago, and I'm 217 right now or something like that. And I've lost about a pound a week or so, and there have been periods where it's been you know very stable, and I've had to change something, diet and exercise or something like that. Um, but for me to to persist in that diet and those habits and exercising in that, there's been no difficulty whatsoever because I want the end result. And so for the podcast, it's the same thing. Once I said I'm going to have this podcast, it, it exists, right? It's part of my life. It's built into it. And there's other things that I'm doing today. I have a little daily thing that I do called Make Space Boring, where I do a quick update of uh, less than ten minutes, probably two minutes to six minutes, somewhere in there, of who I'm meeting and what I'm learning mm-hmm. in the in the space field, and that's been really good as a as a um, connection or a, an addition to the Cold Star Project, the big episode, because it's a daily thing. It allows me to tag the heck out of people and things on social media and pull right. them in and say, "I met with this person." And of course, I'm going to get a like from that person, right? <laughs> you know, and probably exactly. a comment uh so that's that's been very helpful and then and then i'm able to say hey it's monday and a new episode of the Cold star project came out and here it is so and but that's something recent and hopefully we can get into that too because there were there were mistakes that i made that i knew i was making as i made them
0: (laughs) right i get it yeah that happens to everyone where you're going through you're making a mistake and it's like oh me this feels wrong but yeah i get it so essentially for those people out there who who are feeling Hard, hard put with the motivation, mm-hmm. thinking oh, maybe I should give it up. So you're saying essentially have, have your end goal in mind. Remember, okay, well, why did you start a podcast right. in the first place? A podcast is a long game I found. Mm-hmm. So if you mm-hmm. keep that in mind, then, you know, hopefully that should give you the motivation to keep putting it out there.
1: Yeah, I'm laughing at myself right now because I realized <laughs> I got off track in answering that, that last question. What I was beginning to say before I got trapped by my own eloquence was
0: uh, I,
1: <laughs> I, I have met people who have, who have been in the long game, as you say, and it took them like two years to start getting anywhere with the podcast and developing a real audience in that. And, uh, you know, that's, I'm a year and a half into mine. Right. And Mm -hmm. I can't say I've got a huge number of listeners or anything like that. Again, it's not meant to have mass market success, but it's doing its job. It's leading the clients. And the big thing that uh, that a podcast does give you the ability to do is make those connections. And and I'm sure we'll get into that question uh, with you shortly.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. That's something that's a, a huge part of podcasting for me mm-hmm. is, is building those relationships and building those connections. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, so it sounds to me like, do you do one interview a week and then like, <laughs> and then more yeah. solo episodes that are shorter? Like what is your, uh, what's your system?
1: So, uh, when I started out, I think, so if we were to go back to like August or October 2017, 18, something like that, um, okay. I was doing one of each a week. But that, I don't know, it's just, it, you got to produce something, right, to be consistent. Um, but it's not about the content so much. Um, hmm. So, the the way I've got it now is that if I open my schedule up to everybody and anybody who wants to come along, other people will suck up my time and they will do it fast, (laughs) you know, and you will get the feeling of activity, but you won't get results doing that. Uh, One of the things that I found out in a, in a previous business um, is that you need to keep some time away to be a, a creator. And, and we call these um, maker days. There's a, a Paul Graham post. If you Google maker day or maker schedule versus manager schedule. That okay. by, by Paul Graham or Phil Graham, one or the other. Um, it's really good. M- maker schedule versus manager schedule. That term will definitely get you to this old school blog with this very interesting uh, article on how to divide your time. And, and essentially it says managers book by the hour. And they like interruptions and they like meeting and talking to people and you just meet for coffee or whatever, right? But if you're a programmer or a writer or a strategic thinker, right, you're screwed with that schedule. You will not even start doing uh, deep work, as Cal Newport would call it, if you know you might be interrupted in two hours. So, like, the whole morning is shot if you've got a half an hour meeting somewhere in there, right? And you might right. not even begin anything for the whole day now because of that. So, we, we knew after about a year of working together, this ex-partner uh, of uh, mine and I, that we needed uh, maker days, okay? And the reason I'm saying this is, is I keep very careful control over my calendar and have set it up so you can, you can book through Acuity, it's a great software that I've been using for years and I have uh, categories of days and you can only record or book to record a podcast episode with me on Mondays or Tuesdays and, and the heck with you for the rest of the week because I need that time for me now politics and exceptions are the rule of the game. And if somebody is really stuck or there's somebody in Australia where they're 13 or 15 hours ahead of us or something on the East coast here, I have to do something to get around that. Right. And I will book a special time occasionally, but for the most part, uh, I, I record two to four episodes a week. I try not to do more than one a day. Um, and then the audio, the, the, um, what am I saying? The the personal ones, the ones where it's just me talking, the solo ones, there's the word. Uh, I will do those when I feel like, uh, okay, here's a topic that I really want to dig into. And so I really have to mean it and feel it and go, okay, this fits in with it. And I've been, I've done a couple of those make space boring news episodes on topics like that where I've dug into something pretty nerdy in the space field about some kind of regulations and, and that kind of thing. And those are great because I get to on my other screen here, bring up a bunch of, uh, articles and things like that and notes and then I just record those by audio and if you were to listen to the original version of me recording it versus the end result you would be baffled because the the (laughs) the original because it's audio and not video like this I can take long pauses I can uh uh you know (laughs) get stupid and and figure my way (laughs) problem right and in the in the in the audio editing you just cut all that stuff out and stick a nice graphic over top with a name on it. And, and you've got yourself an episode of 12 minutes, but the original was half an hour or something. <laughs> so, yep. so audio, audio only is an excellent tool for, um, for, for podcasting and video is for those with guts. Let me tell you, you got a lot to manage right now. People don't appreciate that. Uh, I've got, um, a lot of newbie guests on, but I've got some experienced guests on too. And the experienced guests are always like, wow, you're a great interviewer. And I go, yeah, well, I've been doing this since 2011, number one. And you've got a lot to juggle doing this stuff and keep you got you, this guy here, guys, Evan, he's got to keep ahead of me. He needs to know what he's going to do next. And so sometimes he'll stop and be thinking and stuff and it's not easy. So, so yeah, so they, they book on uh, usually a Monday or Tuesday. We meet by zoom like this. I set up a Google doc and share it with them and we drop notes in there and that gives them all the information that they need. Um, Some of my guests have security requirements or compliance requirements where they're not allowed to talk about their technology or the latest whiz bang thing or Um, some financial thing that's about to happen, right? So I need to know that (laughs) to keep us on the rails of the conversation. And I usually put six to eight questions in there. They put notes in there. And so before we get on the show, um, it's very rare that we don't do this. Um, and I've got 125 of these, at least these Google docs in a Google drive folder, uh, we know what we're going to talk about and, and the rails that we're going to stay on for that discussion um but that still you'll you'll hear me come up with a sub question or a follow up question um but we'll we'll keep on the rails i did do an ep- an episode recently on space insurance um okay. with bob weirdy and the, there were no there was no prep there but but we had gone through our own uh more in depth presentation of those issues, um, a week or two before. So I was going by memory and I just let him through and and we stayed away from any compliance issues and then that kind of thing. So, but that's rare. Most of the time I want to emphasize, we do a lot of prep for this, but it's not, it's not a big time suck. Um, I have been told by friends that I'm very good at coming up with questions. It's, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, "Eh, I don't want to do it, but I usually book it for Saturday morning for the week ahead. And I look at the two or three or whatever episodes that I'm going to do for the next week and spend, it's always less time than you think it's going to be, you know? So I bang out that list of of questions, uh, maybe half an hour uh, message the, the guest and say, Hey, are these okay? You know, did I ask something that I shouldn't have or did I miss something that you want to talk about? Because my goal is for these folks, these guests to use this appearance as a marketing tool. I want them to use it as an authority marketing piece. Look, I got interviewed by Jason Gannigan, it's a good show, he runs a good interview, and 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 they get to talk about what they wanna talk about. Right. I am, I, I just had Dr. Rick Fleeter, who's uh, the technical advisor for my company, um, tell me I am a bit like a journalist and that I do apparently ask questions more about what I want to ask than the comfort zone of that that guest wants to talk about. And that's good because you don't want them just giving the same stump speech. Uh, I used to run a sales training business. So if I'd been on your show, say in 2015, I would have given a very standard interview about sales training. And I would have talked about the same six or seven things, and I would have been bored out of my mind <laughs> for the most <laughs> part of it, right? right? So, 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 resting that that um, with a W, resting uh, that guest out of their comfort zone, hauling them out of their comfort zone by their collar, and making them think, and that that creates a memorable experience. And so the the uh, emotional friendship. You know, alliance type thinking. I mean, that's where Rick Fleeter came from for my company. was was a, an interview that I did with him, and then we talked more after. and He said, "Hey, how about I I help you? How about I join you?" I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> it's uh, so good things. Good things can turn out from these uh, from these discussions. So we record. It goes into Zoom. Um, I have had, and some friends of mine have had some negative experiences uh, with Zoom. Recording it up into the cloud, which is where it is okay. there. So we make sure that we record to our machines, uh, so everything's everything's on the hard drive here. And uh, yeah, and so I'll stack those up, and I just go and grab the next interview. Um, I'm a good video editor. It's really not that complicated. And so I've got my pieces of the puzzle. You know, a little bit of music, a couple of graphics, a logo. Um, pull that into the video editor. For me to find an interesting minute or two uh, clip to pull out and stick as a teaser on the front doesn't take very long. I just skip through. That could be a skill or a talent. I'm not sure which, um, but I just whip through. And so although I have enumerated a number of steps here, this does not take very long. I can, I can edit a 45-minute interview in about 15 minutes and get all the it's like four or five tracks i know what naming the thing probably takes the longest because i've got to flip in and listen and i probably haven't heard the episode in six weeks because we recorded it back then so i'm like right. what what is this about exactly like not just general topic but you know coming up with a title for it that's interesting and markety a little bit and, uh, right. and slap that on there um, I get that ready. It renders. I just go away and let the computer render it, and uh, and we're done. And then it's ready to upload. Um, and then I strip the audio out and put that up as the you know on Anchor as the uh, audio version, and that goes out to ten different sites like iTunes and Spotify, and that. Uh, and then recently, so for season two, the space stuff, I started grabbing two short segments, one about two minutes and the other five, six minutes because mm-hmm. Twitter has a maximum upload of two minutes, 20 seconds and Facebook and, um, uh, LinkedIn. And that's where most of my effort is, is on LinkedIn these days. Uh, right. like ninety ninety five 95% is on LinkedIn. I'm hardly doing anything on Facebook at all because my market is not there as we've proven. Uh, right. <laughs> so <laughs> I still pick up a thing or two there, but, uh, but the big money is in LinkedIn. So um, but I wanted native video segments on those applications and I, like this is stuff that people don't know about. I, I've been using Twitter for three years or so and didn't know that they have their own, uh, studio app. Twitter has their own studio app. That's a separate thing. And you have to log into it separately. And there you can upload your video and put a transcript on it and, Make a like a little package with that and then you can tweet that with some other Christmas tree ornament around it <laughs> Out from there and see your stats and it's a completely different experience than using Twitter the way that I used to use or that I would imagine most people use it So I, I didn't even know that existed until I started googling around about you know What, what can I do with video on Twitter? Um, LinkedIn, same kind of thing. You can upload uh, a, a video there under 10 minutes and add uh, captions to it. Um, this, this, again, may all sound very complicated. It's not once you get into the rhythm of it. It's a very quick thing. I do it every day for the Make Space Boring segment. Um, uh, I, so I upload it to YouTube, I go and grab uh, the captions from there. I edit them to make them make sense, and it doesn't take too long because it's going to be a five-minute or two-minute video anyway. It doesn't take that long to go through and do that for. Uh, I download it. It downloads it at the wrong kind of format, Uh, I think something called SRV, but there's a captionsconverter.com where you can upload your um, file that's not in the right format and convert it to a .srt file and click convert and download, and now you've got a file. (laughs) Right. <laughs> and, and so you have to rename it to yeah. get it to fit on to Facebook dot it wants you to do this dot en underscore US or something. You know, it's like there's a couple little tweaky things you have to learn is what I'm saying. But once you learn them, it's really no big deal. Like nothing I said here is complicated. You could make a process document for this that would be half a page long or less and outsource it to somebody for five dollars an hour. This is right. not this is not, um, you know, a big deal. So
0: it's, Podcasting, I found, yeah. is one of those things where all, most of the work, as far as having to figure stuff out, is on the front end. Mm-hmm. Like, when you first start, you have to figure all of this out. Right. And then when it's figured out, it's figured out. And it's not right. like it's new every week or something <laughs> different. No. When you figure it out, it's just, you just do it, right? The only new yeah. thing that you do is recording new content. Right. And you just plug it in and and use your systems that you developed mm. beginning it's yeah. really developing those systems right you develop a system mm. it takes that time and that effort at the beginning but then when you have it you have it and you yeah. keep using it, it yeah and
1: I, and I will remind everyone that the first dozen of everything are are awful oh yeah like and not, not that my podcast episodes are awful, but they're not as good as the ones that came after, right? I was finding my voice. I was finding, okay, what, what is interesting? What's a good format here? Uh, and I still missed out on things. And starting over with season two uh, for Space for the Cold Star Project, I... I knew, and I had known for quite some time, like probably 50 episodes, that I had made a major mistake in not having something for people to opt into, okay? For the uh-huh. podcast, something for them to go get, right? To keep track, to download, To it didn't even matter what it was. And I have courses and things like that, but they're all sales training things. They're not directly relevant, there's that word again, right? To the to space stuff. So I, I had to go create, something new and it wasn't a huge deal but I just didn't have it before then I knew it did I didn't have it and I've been telling friends who have started shows in the meantime look you gotta build this in from day one it'll it'll make such a big difference right and that led to a little snippet in the middle of the show a little audio that I recorded to plop in the middle telling people to opt in for this right and uh it's just, and then a daily, you know, so it's another mouth to feed in the sense that, okay, now I've got to email everybody every day, but big deal, you know, it's, it's right. another two minute thing, but it's, so there is a, there is a balance here about, I don't want it to suck up all my time, but on the other hand, you know, it does need the salt and pepper to taste good, right? For people to want to eat it. So there, there is a certain mass that is necessary to, to do all this stuff.
0: Right. Okay. So does that mean do you do all of the process yourself? Or do you have an outsource?
1: Yeah, I do. um, But I could easily outsource it. Like I've said, Uh, I've just found that it's faster for me to and I know I'm reliable. (laughs) I know I'm going to get to it now and do it. And uh, yeah, it's it really doesn't take very long, like I said, and I do most of the editing and processing and that on the weekends. So it doesn't suck up a whole lot of my time. It's just a matter of, uploading and and sharing during the day
0: right that's interesting and i like your process as well because mm. i have found and i'm sure that this is true and i've heard that this is true for for some people i've heard the stories mm. if you just have your calendar open right mm-hmm. people come in and book whenever and yep. it's a lot easier to get burned out because mm-hmm. if you have two interviews a day monday through friday then like you said, a lot of those, none of those are maker days. I thought, I thought right. that was really interesting, right. by the way, I'm nope. going to be using that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't put that together, but I've been mm-hmm. experiencing that. So it's interesting to put words to it. But yep. anyway, they, people, um, you know, they, they have interviews so much that they get burned out and then they don't do much other than their time. It feels like all of their time is spent just interviewing people for a podcast. Right. So, you know, limit it to a couple mm-hmm. days. I mean, sometimes there might, like you said, be in exceptions that, that yep. need to happen. Um, but for the most part, if you limit it to those couple days, then, you know, it works out.
1: Right. That- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like this needs to remain fun. Yeah. If it turns into work, you're not going to do it. Right? <laughs> it's the same thing as the diet and exercise, right? That's fun. For, I love going on walks. I go on walks three times a day for, for at least a mile. Right. And it's fun. And. There have been times in my life where, uh, Hey, guess what? I was fat and, uh, and gee, I can't go out on a walk. I, there's no time. <laughs> Give me a break, right? It's all perception and it's all nonsense. It's all nonsense story we're telling ourselves. So yeah, making time for those things that are priorities and, uh, and shoving out other things. There was, um, last, February, March, April, I got back into local networking in, uh, in, in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I hadn't done any in like 10 years, and I didn't protect my calendar and my time, and within a couple weeks, I realized, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm driving around the city meeting all these people, and they're all very nice, but it's not resulting in work, and I'm not getting anything done, and I was right. tired. And (laughs) just, it was like, oh my gosh, this, this is not worth it. And I need to get it under control. So I created a special, um, in-person visit type of, of appointment on acuity and made it available only on uh, one or two days a week, plus an evening here and there. So maybe four or five appointments a week, people could fit into slots and that's it. Right. And immediately boom, you know, suddenly you get all your time back. So so yeah, podcasting the Cold Star Project is my baby. I love it and uh, and it matters to me and i love the people that i meet and i love the content that that i'm creating with it because we're having conversations and i'm sharing this stuff and yeah maybe only a hundred thousand people maximum will ever care about it or something like that right but they're the right hundred thousand people
0: exactly yeah and put yourself in a room with a hundred thousand people I mm-hmm. mean, you know, if you just see those numbers online, mm-hmm. then it's not that big of a deal. It's like, oh, okay, a couple zeros. But if right. you put yourself on a stage, and there's 100,000 people, even 500 people, right? Mm-hmm. If you have 500 yep. listeners, and you just started your podcast, you know, put yourself in a room with 500 people. And then it doesn't seem like such a small or insignificant number. So, yeah. And right. So, would your main tip then for those people who are feel like they're getting burned out perhaps would be to restrict the schedule and really take control of your time?
1: Mm-hmm. that that's a major thing and, and have a why for sure right? Um, right mine originally was to broadcast hey there are these unexpected challenges of scaling businesses that you're gonna run into if you're not careful they're gonna trip you up and um, and I still believe in that it's just applied to space companies now specifically right. because they're the ones who want to hear about it um, something something is special about space it's a very friendly industry it, I often joke if I tried to get into the injection molded plastics industry, I would have been greeted with a lot more doors slammed in my face <laughs> of people right. being protectionist and wanting to hold on to what they have and whatnot. And uh, space is hard. Right. And, things explode and (laughs) Um, and it's also very um, not cannibalistic but but I'm working for you today you might be working for me tomorrow type industry so it's it's been quite easy to connect with people in there oh and we haven't even talked about this uh Evan having a podcast is one of the best giving things that you can have for marketing purposes right like there's so much, especially on LinkedIn or Facebook, bad social connection happening, right? Where uh, I connect with you and immediately I'm dumping that private message into your folder of, hey, let's meet. Yeah, you know, I got, I got this thing and you should buy it and that kind of thing, right? And always, right. That, that makes me want to puke you know and yeah. i just hate it i hate it and uh, and i'm a marketer and a copywriter i love selling things and making money i just love it right so <laughs> so imagine right yeah and it's just not the way i want to do it i want to develop a relationship first and ha- and so a podcast is the ultimate soft friendly thing to say look i've got i've got this thing i can give you and it's inoffensive I've been, you know, I, oh, I'll just give another tip to, to um, nascent podcasters out there. When you are connecting with people that, that are you believe are in your target market and, and you think they might be a good guest, and that, that's a good you know, way of sorting potential connections and, and connecting with them. First of all, I don't use a message on LinkedIn to connect. I let my profile do all the talking that headline does 90% of it. And then there's a, you know a description or about or whatever, but hardly anyone actually looks anymore. And there's a network effect. It's called the network effect. This is knock on thing where like initially, you know, 15 people in that niche, but uh, after two weeks of, you know, consistent uh, meeting people now you know a thousand and there's 50 mutual connections and it's an easy decision for them to say yeah okay right like I connect with generals this way right it, I know a lot of air force generals and government officials in that that I did not know six months ago because of this and that they don't come back with a whole harsh bunch of questions or anything like that. So anyway, if you think that this person would be a good guest, don't go, blah, I have this show and here are all the details and here's the booking link and stuff like that. That scares the hell out of people. And I know this from personal experience. <laughs> what I do right. is uh, after several iterations of this, the most successful thing, and this works a lot, um, I would say half the people maybe don't answer me, but half do. And say yes. And that's how I've been able to book so many up. I'm booked into March right now. Okay, we're in middle of December now, right? I've booked well out into March. Um, Just a short yes or no question at the beginning. So it it looks something like, uh, hey, Evan, thanks for connecting. Uh, I host a show about blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I was thinking with your experience, you'd make a great guest. What do you think about the idea of being a podcast guest question mark? Right. And it's simple and it's inoffensive and it's short and they can make a quick yes or no decision. I've had like two or three people say no, no thanks. And they're very polite and they stay a connection, but they're just, there's something and that's on them, right? That's not on me. There's something in there make up that they're scared about being uh, uh, you know, on, on a show like this or something. So, exactly. you know, then when they say yes, then you can do the data dump. And I make a joke about it. They'll say, yeah, I'm interested. And then they'll ask the follow-up questions like what the heck is the show, right? They don't look at my profile to find out or anything, you know, <laughs> they still exactly. want to be spoon fed. But <laughs> uh, you know, what would you want to talk about? And then I can tell them, here's the booking link, here's the the playlist. Uh, I set up a Google doc so that we stay on track, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, and uh, make a joke about, you know, I asked the simple question before doing the data dump. <laughs> Here's the data dump. Right. So that, that process, I hope that helps somebody who's listening um, yeah. makes it so much simpler and, and inoffensive.
0: Yeah, it's very, I do pretty much the same thing. I'll probably mm-hmm. mention, I usually, I mean, if I look for, I try to be strategic about who I have on the podcast. Yeah. Right. Especially if, um, I try to keep in the back of my head if someone I could have on the podcast would be a good like business relationship mm-hmm. Or even a potential client because I do podcast editing myself So of course, I might be looking i've gotten clients from podcast. Of course, that's not my my number one has having a conversation and sharing value mm-hmm. Right, so otherwise it wouldn't work But have you have you done? Have you done similar things where you are strategic about the people you have on the podcast as far as business goes?
1: yeah, and there is again once you move into a new to you niche you're not gonna know who right right? it's like every voice is gonna have the same value you have to learn to discern you have to experience it you know get in the river get in the stream for a while and flow along is how i term it uh, before you can start finding out okay who's good and who's not but Uh, After a pretty short while, it's pretty obvious, okay, that I keep seeing this person commenting all over the place and appearing and people comment on their comments so they get good traction and people are interested in their opinions and that. Uh, Obviously, uh, uh, you know, I had a guy like Doug Levero, um, who was a former Air Force colonel, uh, was booked to be on my show and he was, I wouldn't say he was unemployed, he was um, a, a, like an advisor, board of advisor member of a couple of companies. And uh, right in between the time that he had booked and uh, and a couple of weeks later, NASA scooped him up to be head of manned space flight. And wow. it's like, <laughs> there goes my guest. On the <laughs> other hand, a year from now, maybe he'll come back and uh, and be a great guest, right? And be able to talk at a level that, that right. he didn't talk at before, so... Oh. So yeah, so picking and choosing is important.
0: Right. So what do you do when you find someone who would be a great guest, right? Reach out to them. They're interested, Mm -hmm. but they're afraid. They may be nervous about... Um, I don't know if you've encountered this, but like I, mm. most of all of my guests have podcasts of their own. So I have not personally part of this problem, but some of my clients and some of the people on my network have had this problem. Yeah. will be like, it's exciting, but like you can tell they may not outright say it, but you can tell they're nervous about putting themselves out there. And yeah. Interviewed. Have you encountered that? And if so, what do you do?
1: Rarely. Um, the folks right. will usually say no, but it's rare. Uh, if, if they don't want to be a guest, if they are nervous about it, the probably the best thing you can do is have a phone call or a zoom call like this where it's just say, let's hop on for 10 minutes you can see what it's like, right? Like if you look at my show, this is what it's like unless I'm physically in person with the, with the guest, right? It looks like this. It sounds like this. There's nothing scary about it. Once you've been on, you're like, Oh, it's not that bad at all. Right? So that's, that's a big thing. I, I, We'll occasionally get on with people for a quick call to discuss topics if they have mm-hmm. never been a guest before and we need to narrow down. We could do that through the Google Doc. Don't get me wrong. But that little kind of, if we were in the restaurant industry, table-touching moment is, is very helpful for getting rid of those fear factors. Uh, I have had a couple of people ghost me who booked appointments and then never showed up. But it, it's rare. It's rare. Right. Uh, maybe one in 50, something like right. that. Um, I probably could have done a better job reminding them, um, that they were going to be a guest and, and there was a long gap in between when we booked and eh. but you did a good job with that. Um, I received a couple of email reminders.
0: Today. Yeah. That's yeah. I
1: like the, yeah. That worked pretty well. Calendly
0: is the one that I use. And I, <laughs> I got a, uh, when I got the paid version, because I was using a free version for a while, yeah. and then when I got the paid version a couple bucks or something a month, mm-hmm. um, they have you can do text or email mm-hmm. reminders like twenty four hours and then like one hour before something like that. a right. lot of softwares use that, and it's, I found that it's pretty helpful, you know, like you said mm-hmm. as well so and I also would like to say that I really like what you do with having a Google Doc that mm-hmm. uh, you share because i send yeah. I sent a document that I out, that I had outlining some questions, I send that. Right. To people. Right. But you took it a step further with a shareable document that you both edit. Mm -hmm. And you have, do you have individualized questions for that?
1: That's yeah. That's all I ask is, is individual questions because they're for they're in space for example, or they run a software company or whatever, but they're each coming at it from their own perspective. And, and we have a pretty good idea of what we're going to discuss. So it's not like the last guest, right? You've even had, um, four space lawyers (laughs) on and book to be on and you might think well what the heck are they going to talk about that's different actually interpretation and area of focus it's it's all different so and they're going to want to talk about this area of it and not this one right so right yeah so it is it is always individual and and uh like i said earlier i always have this like ah. I got to go make up these questions. Do I really have to do that? But then when I, you know, and it's usually Saturday morning or Sunday and and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do it now and I'll knock two or three of them out for the following week and it'll be okay once I get into it. But there is that. That copywriter thing of uh oh, this time I will fail. <laughs> Come up with good questions, but they're always like, Oh, you yeah, ask such great questions. So
0: it always yeah. happens. Especially mm-hmm. sometimes and you know, I've noticed this, and actually it's happened with this interview. Um, listeners may be able to pick up on it, is that as you saw in the document that I sent, I have mm-hmm. questions that I outline that I usually ask. Mm-hmm. A lot of questions I asked you weren't even on the document, and yeah. they were really just follow-up questions. Based on where the conversation went. So how have you found um, how it's been important to me, and I'm sure it's been important to you as well to not have to stop the conversation and move on to another question because Mm -hmm. on the list just kind of go with the flow go where the conversation brings you have you have you done that as well
1: Mm -hmm. yeah the point is to have a good conversation and let that person express themselves right and talk about topics that they want to talk about and you want to find out about uh in that in that usually we're going long here which is good uh I hope people are getting value from it. (laughs) Mine are usually 25 to 45 minutes, sometimes a little bit longer. And uh, I I have, (laughs) I've had to chase a few people off the show, um, (laughs) usually without them knowing it uh, recently because it was getting too long. And I I wanted to keep it around that 45 minutes, but you know, after this is, uh, okay, actually, this is good too. Um, After you're done recording on zoom and you, press stop. Don't disappear off of the Zoom connections. Stick around and talk with this person. You've got them. They're feeling good about you and themselves. They're probably going to be effusive for 10 or 15, 20 minutes, right? And I've, I've had a lot of good conversations after the, the recording that go somewhere. Um, and you can always, yeah. as, as I do, invite them back on. Invite them back on. Oh, oh, yeah. for for another recording if if you talk for 35 45 minutes and they're like wow i got through half my notes <laughs> right i could talk uh about that a lot more good sure book book another interview that's okay i there there is a tendency out there i have noticed uh especially among newbie guests uh that it's a once and done thing like a once in a lifetime opportunity to be on the cold star project of like dude two- relax if (laughs) when i get along and you have a good uh good good message to share you i've had uh, adam crowell and i are recording he's a space blogger from uh, australia i think we're doing his fourth episode from 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 a year ago through now right um um tomorrow i think he's in australia so the times are all wonky but oh yeah um so so that's very and they're all different topics you know in space but uh we have we have a fun time and he was my very first guest on uh, as a space topic uh guest so so yeah 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 uh look at the time limits it it, you don't want them going for an hour and a half usually that's probably a bit long for people but i don't like this this, uh, thing that I see occasionally on Facebook, I only see it on Facebook, not on other social media. What's a good, like five to 10 minute podcast? Like, what are you going to get from that? If you need a shot of motivation or something, you're probably in the wrong business, right? <laughs> That's my thought
0: <laughs> there, there is value in, <clears throat> you know, maybe 10 minutes, <clears throat> 15, <throat> 15 minutes, something like or mm-hmm. less, but mostly, I mean, honestly, you don't really have these conversations unless, unless they're like half hour to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And this interview w- with you now is definitely going longer than most of my interviews. Yeah. But, you know, I don't, it's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: and look I, what we're getting into, right? Exactly. I mean, if you're going to make a podcast, you probably got a lot about the gears and guts of the thing.
0: Exactly, yeah. And there's lots of interesting things that will come up. I mean, a lot of the times, things may not come up hmm. out of a conversation until like a 30-minute mark. Right. And then why would you just cut that off? And I think mm-hmm. there is something to be said about having someone on for a second time. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's just interesting that a lot of people may not think to do that. You know, they think, mm-hmm. oh, they have a guest on. Okay, well, that's that's my only opportunity. Or, you know, the guest is like, okay, this is my only opportunity. But that's not true. You know, yeah. have somebody on. There's always going to be something more they can share. If you feel like there will be more value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yep. like, for example, I think there would be a lot of value in like a second episode with you because mm-hmm. there are other topics that we didn't even get to. And that, you know, we could, we could probably talk for another hour, but you know, that wouldn't, yep. podcasts shouldn't go over like an hour or an hour and five minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. might start to drop off.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So yeah. So I would like to say thank you for that. Uh, you so, bet.
1: And notice people, we have not talked about equipment in the slightest way, <laughs> except for maybe video editing. That's it.
0: But right yeah that's that that's a whole other conversation. all of the back end stuff too. I talk with a lot of people about mm-hmm. the conversation as well mm-hmm. um so in the spirit of you know wrapping things up um what would be and I usually like to end with, with the same question um what would be your number one tip for listeners out there who are unsure about you know whether or not a podcast is right for them? They don't know if it would fit, and we didn't dive into too deeply the marketing and in sales and like how you use mm-hmm. podcast with the business that'll have to be in part two which, you know I, I would love to have because that's a whole other other half of it you know a part mm-hmm. of it is okay, how can i actually make money from this but um as of right now for those people out there who are, are thinking about it and aren't sure you know what would you say to them
1: yeah well again it goes back to that word relevance uh, and I can remember a former business partner looking at me funny when I brought that up about <laughs> about a podcast we were looking at doing at the time, which we did um, and, and I said, "Is this going to be relevant to our target market and so there is a this isn't this isn 't my approach, but it is a good approach so okay I <laughs> use so something right there uh, <laughs> you You should probably look at niches and see are there listeners for podcasts in this niche already i went and created something that didn't really exist yet right and it was probably dumb of me too <laughs> so, a business podcast about scaling eh, okay pretty pretty specific right there are there are a lot of space podcasts out there mm-hmm. right but not many space business shows right or space Business operations management shows, which is right. more what it's becoming about, right? So, and and be okay with it evolving from mm-hmm. from where you started into something that people will actually listen to and take seriously. Right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. it's okay. It is an evolutionary process, and uh, and don't start it unless you're willing to go the whole way whatever whatever that takes right you know but you can as we've heard you can do many things to manage that you as a resource or that time suck that it could potentially be and keep it limited so that it's under control and you can keep producing that body of work that we talked about and move forward and get more and more dialed in to producing content that an audience is going to pick up on and then come back to you and say hey i want to hire you for something related to this about
0: right Yeah, no, definitely. And that's, that's interesting. really take, I mean, that's interesting. So take, you know, find, find an industry, find a, find a section that people already are kind of listening to that you Mm -hmm. see that they enjoy, and then find a way to have your own spin on it, Mm -hmm. right? Don't have a podcast that no one is going to listen to because, you know, (laughs) but take, like you said, space, okay, there's a lot of people who listen to space podcasts. So how can you be a, a special podcast within that industry. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. Takes some thought, but it's worth it because that is how you get people to listen. Because a people will listen to that type of podcast. but B, you're unique enough for them to choose mm-hmm. you over someone else. So, yeah. So, I'd like to say uh, thank you, Jason, for sure. an incredible conversation. I do, I do really appreciate it. I, I think we had a great conversation. um I enjoyed it, and I think uh, I think the listeners are going to enjoy it. And uh, I would definitely sure thank you sounds good you're welcome thank you so much for listening to this episode of the path to podcast success make sure to head over to ipodcastedit.com to check out the show notes and get each episode of the show delivered right to your inbox and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on itunes spotify or whichever audio service you use If you want to continue the conversation or you have a topic you'd like me to discuss on a future episode of the show, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode as we continue down the path to podcast success.